It is always a joy and a delight to be with you here in Westminster. I am two weeks early for the barbecue that is to follow. (laughs) So if you'd like to invite me back in two weeks, I'll be pleased to come. (laughs) And it seems like that every time I come, your pastor leaves town. We pray for him and the joyous occasion to which he is blessed with this weekend. We sang a moment ago, Exalt the Lord. I think that's my favorite hymn. At least it is for this week. I was struck by the phrase in there, His own he takes and his peculiar treasure makes. And some of us are more peculiar than others. Peculiar really means prized. You are his prized possession. I think sometimes we fail to recognize that. We still think of Jesus as the great teacher, which he was, the great healer that he was and is, the Savior upon the cross. The resurrected Lord that spent 40 days appearing to his disciples and as Paul tells us, over 500 at one time. But that is not the picture that God wants us to have of Jesus. Well, that is his earthly ministry. And as important as that is, there is a greater ministry of Jesus. And we have relegated it to our creeds that he ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We shall say that in a few moments. We forget the ascension of Jesus. We consider it a simple event, but it is the culmination of all that was spoken about him. And actually, it is a transition of his earthly ministry to his spiritual ministry. In the flesh, he was limited in time and space. But in his ascended position, he is able to be with you truly, Emmanuel, God with us. And may I personalize that and say, God with you, God with me. And it's because of the ascension that we somehow kind of just skip over in the life of the church. We make a great deal out of Christmas, rightfully so. And a wonderful expression of Easter, although it has been clouded by many other forms. But we forget the lordship of Jesus. Because the ascension is that Jesus assumes his rightful place in the universe. Lord of all. I ask a simple question this morning. Is he Lord in all of our lives? The disciples understood that in a little bit different way. Acts reminds us, and that's where 
portion of scripture is focused on this morning. Dr. Luke is writing to his friend Theophilus. He had written a gospel, the gospel of Luke, and he called Theophilus the most excellent. And so it seems that Theophilus was a high official, either in the Roman government or in the Jewish hierarchy of religion. And he written about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And the key word there is to be, he began. And he wants to continue that. In the flesh, he was limited. He was limited in space. Could be only in one place at one time. Even in the resurrected Jesus. But as he ascended into glory, he released the power of God. The power of God is the king. The power of God is the priest. The power of God as the prophet. And that we are the recipients of that glory. And we sometimes forget that. We come to church. And we're called to exalt the Lord. Lift him up high where he is. Now, I don't think that heaven is three stories up from us. We're not quite sure how God's arrangement of things. As the disciples, we're not quite sure of the kingdom. Jesus spent 40 days teaching them about the kingdom. And we have learned that the kingdom is not meat and drink. It's not something we can touch. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But the disciples had the wrong idea. They saw a governmental kingdom. And so they asked Jesus, are you going to restore this kind of kingdom again? Jesus did not rebuke them, if you read the passage carefully. He just enlightened them. That they would understand fully what God was doing. They had no idea all that God was doing. And neither do you and I. And sometimes we can question what God is doing. But in the ascension, our eyes are turned upon Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Scorning the shame. And is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. That's where our attention needs to be. As we exalt the Lord over our lives. In righteousness, peace, and joy. From the Holy Spirit of grace. And as Jesus was teaching them. They didn't understand that. And I think sometimes we as Christians can have been in church a long time and even made a profession of faith and know that our security is in what Christ has done, has missed the glorious part of Jesus. Oh, it was glory that he taught. He was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten Son of God. It is glorious That he continues to teach us through his word. But we forget the glory that he ascended into heaven. 
Some of us are old enough to remember June the 2nd, 1953, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. And that dates us, doesn't it? (laughs) We can remember the pomp and pageantry. The procession was five miles long. Jewels, crowns, rituals. 8,000 had gathered in Westminster Abbey. And 20 million were watching on TV. The glorious coronation. But only a few were able to exceed the ascension of Jesus. And I trust that you will see him this morning. Lifted up high and lifted up. In glory. Suffering. Despising the shame. But for the joy of you. That was set before him. You are his joy. You become his testimony. You will be witnesses of me. He said. Luke tells us. That they went back to Jerusalem. In obedience that he had told them to wait. Pentecost is coming 10 days from this day that we call Ascension Sunday. Which is Thursday by the way. And the church has moved it to a Sunday. To appropriate its importance in our lives. But the Ascension of Jesus confirms that he is king. What does that mean to us? It confirms that he is a priest, the high priest of God that has entered into the very holy of holies of God. And what does that mean to us this morning? I call them ascension essentials. Let us look at Jesus as the king. Seated on the right hand of God the Father. Psalm 47 Written perhaps when the king of Israel, in the literal sense, was present in worship. And everyone clapped, sang for joy, the delight, and remembering he is the king. This morning, do you remember that he is the king? The king of kings, the Lord of lords. That everything is under his submission. Oh, I wish sometimes that he would evidence that submission and put to rest the evils of this world. The time will come in which that he returns. He promised them that the two men shining as it's described for us, just in white. They were standing there looking at Jesus. They said, this same Jesus that you have seen go away will come again. As king, he will come again. And the earth will be transformed into the paradise that it was intended to be before the fall. We live in a fallen world. And so much of our activity and our time and our efforts naturally are taken up We're dealing with the world. But we forget that though Satan is the prince of this world, Jesus is the king. He is king over your life. 
He is king over everything that's happening in your life today. And he's fully aware of it. As king, he is going to prepare a place for us. A passage that has become dear to us at funerals primarily. But he says, if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So either he was a liar or a lunatic or the Lord of glory. Is he your Lord this morning? Is he preparing a place for you in glory? I have remarked to my children that the reason that I am still here is because it's taking the Lord a long time to prepare my place. <laughs> Not because it's going to be grandeur, but because he's preparing me to take my place in glory land. And he's preparing us to be with him. So he's left us here. Think of that for a moment. If the only reason that you were saved was to go to heaven, what do you think would have happened the moment that I became a Christian, that I was saved? If that was the only purpose in my life, he would have taken me to glory. And there are lots of Monday mornings that I wish that had already happened. (laughs) But no, he has a greater purpose. Greater works that you can manifest his kingdom. The kingdom of righteousness. That where you are, where you work, where you go to school. Young people, dedicate your life to righteousness. That will bring peace. And as the Lord of glory will bring joy through his Holy Spirit. That's the king of glory. He is fulfilling that. By sitting at the right hand of God the Father. We await his return. It's almost blasphemous to talk about dates and events that ought to happen before. Jesus had given us evidence in the Gospels. But he says, keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus is coming. Be prepared. Be ready. Be desirous of that day. He is the king who sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he has released the heavenly blessings into our lives as a priest. He prays for us. He intercedes for us. He prepares the way for us. Oh, what a glory that is that he is fulfilling his priestly duties even at this particular time. He is the great high priest. We do not need one that is called a priest. There is one mediator between God and man. That's the Lord Jesus. He is in heaven interceding for you. Have you ever felt alone? Felt that your prayers were going nowhere? Felt that your prayers were not even heard nor answered? Jesus is praying for you. And sometimes at that moment, more earnestly, in the spiritual impact of this, of the ascension, it is essential that Jesus, as, his, as the priest, he was never a priest in his earthly ministry. It was an offering the sacrifice of his very life 
for you, his prize, his peculiar treasure. Oh, do we appreciate that? Do we see that as essential in our daily living, that he has left us here for a rich purpose? I visited a number of people in nursing homes and teach a regular ladies' Bible class on Thursdays, mostly of elderly ladies. And none of us want to end up in a nursing home. But suppose that we do. Is God still sovereign? Is God still interceding for us? And so what is my response to that? That I enter into that same priestly function of offering prayers, sacrifices. I can't sacrifice my life, but I can sacrifice my depression. I can sacrifice my stubbornness, my impatience, my envy, my bitterness, my callousness, sacrificing it to the glory of God. Let the joy of the Lord be my strength. See, Jesus is ever present with each of us now because he released the Holy Spirit. Yes, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is at work. And it came upon individuals for particular situations. We can read of those and we find that the Holy Spirit could be taken away for disobedience. But when Jesus fulfilled the Joel passage in which the the Spirit will rest upon men and women, young boys and young girls, that you will be my witnesses, he said. Jesus promised that when he went away that he would send the comforter. We love that in John's gospel. Most of us think of a comfort as making life easier. A pat on the back. And it may entail that. But the word comforter is from two Latin words. Cum, meaning with, and forte, meaning strength. That God comes to strengthen us. To be his witness. Whether I'm in a nursing home. Or on the dais of a great multitude. I am to be his witness. God's going to send you forth today. Out into a darkened world. That needs to be reminded that Jesus is Lord. The need to be reminded that Jesus is the priest that has made a sacrifice for them. And that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And who has he chosen? You. You did not choose him. Jesus said that to his disciples. But he chose them. And in the great evidence of his love and mercy, he's chosen you. To be his witness. And what is a witness? 
A witness is one who is called upon to tell the truth. To tell the truth as they have experienced it. And even to the point of dying. Now most of us are not going to be called upon to die. But we have suffering brothers and sisters around the world. That even this day are suffering and dying because of their love for the Lord Jesus. Oh, God may give me the grace to do that. I'm not there yet. But I pray that when that moment comes, and it may come in our lifetime, that you will be able to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And Luke's gospel, which kind of summarizes it, says they went back praising God and rejoicing and singing, waiting for the power of God to come in 10 more days. They didn't know the time frame at that point. But God has his times in our hands. The ascension is essential to our Christian faith and experience. As the king of glory, he's Lord over your life. And guiding and directing even those paths of righteousness that lead through the valley of the shadow of death. And what did the psalmist say? I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I can say that God is with us because of the ascension. Not because he came in the flesh. He was with us as an entity in the flesh. But as the ascended Lord, he sent that Holy Spirit, that comforter, to give us strength for the task at hand today. To go out of this place to be his witness What kind of witness will I be this week? When times get hard, and Satan will see to it that there are times that are hard. When I'm lonely, when I'm frightened, when I'm joyous, when I'm excited. Is the king of glory still my strength? Is his joy still going to see me through this difficult time? The disciples had a hard time understanding that. They're talking with Jesus for one moment, and then in the next moment, he has been lifted up into the heavens. And they are standing there intently looking, longing, come back, come back. I want things to be where they used to be. And two men in white stood with us. Why are you looking this way? This Jesus is going to return. He has a job for you to do this week. Go right there and be a witness for Jesus Christ. When is the last time you gave a witness that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? As a family member, it can be happening by the gentleness and the authority that you use in your own home, the way you use authority. Not as 
punishment per se, but as discipline to be the way God wants us to be. That we would love, for love covers a multitude of sins. How many family marriages could be healed if we could forgive as Christ has forgiven us? How many lives could be changed and healed if we let the Savior take over? The ascension is essential to our lives. To let Jesus fulfill his work as king of your life. As the priest that intercedes for you. And as the prophet that will empower you to speak forth his word. May we be found faithful in this day in which that we live. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, it is so easy to take our salvation for granted. We indeed thank you for that marvelous gift of grace. For it has been by grace that we are saved and not through any efforts of our own, lest we should boast. But let us look Unto the King of Kings, to the risen Lord ascended into glory, and find in Him today His righteousness and His peace and His joy. That wherever I go this week, I will have left the footprint of goodness and mercy as I await that day in which that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.